Good morning, everyone. Right, I'm going to start by actually reading you um, what's reported is a true story. Um, this happened during the American Civil War. And uh, the evening before a, a battle, a Union soldier by the name of Ira, he was, along with a lot of others, posted on picket duty. So that was meaning he was guarding the lines to stop the enemy attacking him. Ira was a Christian. And during the night, he was prompted by the Holy Spirit to start singing praise to God. And that's not something you normally do when you're on picket duty. Um, you don't want to draw attention to where you are because you like to get bullets start flying your way. But um, the Holy Spirit was saying to him, why don't you start singing praises to me? And uh, understandably, he resisted for a little while, but the Holy Spirit kept nagging him and kept saying, I want you to start singing praise to me. But eventually... He did that. He started to to worship God, singing out loud and worshipping God's name. The evening carried on, uneventful. At the end of his his watch, he then went back to his unit and uh, the battle commenced the next day. A few years later, after um, the war had finished, Ira was part of an evangelistic meeting. And he sang the same song that he sang when he was on that front line. After he'd finished, a man came up to him and said, Were you at such and such a battle? Yeah. Were you on picket duty that night? Yeah. Did you start worshipping God and praising his name? Yeah. The man had been a Confederate soldier. He had been tasked with finding the pickets and taking them out. He had crept up and he found this picket. He got his rifle and he'd aimed it at this picket. And this picket then started singing and worshipping God. And he couldn't shoot him. It is the Holy Spirit's coming and he just had to walk away. Ira then had the privilege of bringing that guy to God afterwards. So why did I tell you that story? As Gordon said, now we're looking at worship. And we've looked at how worship reaches. Um, and we go to God's throne room. We've looked at how we community coming together and being devoted to God's wor- God in worship. But now we're looking at God. Then looking at, um, now looking at warfare. Um, through worship. Ephesians 6.12 tells us this. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Behind every conflict is a spiritual war going on. Whether that's a physical war like we've seen in Ukraine, whether it's a heated argument, or even maybe a snide comment you get when you start talking about Jesus. There's always a spiritual warfare going on behind it. A warfare between God and the forces of evil. But I want to give you a huge caveat here. This, this isn't an even war. This isn't uh, like good that you know, maybe good's going to come 
triumphant eventually. It's not going to happen like that. We're already on the winning side. God has already got that victory. When Jesus went to that cross, when he died on that cross for us, he defeated sin, he defeated death, he defeated Satan. When he rose again, he showed that he, he is God. And that um, they, they has that victory, has that authority. Our daily lives are full of spiritual conflict, whether we're aware of it or not. Worship is a powerful weapon in that battle. We're going to look at four ways that worship helps us in our battles. But I'm not going to be doing all the work today. Um, you guys are. So I'm actually going to give you, going to split you into four groups, or try to anyway, split you into four groups. And uh, I'm going to give you some verses to look at. And then I'm going to get some feedback on what you see, what key points you see in those verses. And then I'll sum up each of the points we go through. So I'm not even going to tell you what the points are yet, I'm just going to tell you the verses. So I'm going to ask, hmm, how do I, how do I best way to split these back, Gordon? Uh, I'm going to split into four, so a bit of help. One. That's, oh, we've got to talk yeah. to each other. That's right, maybe like these two tables there, is that okay? Is one. Then you guys at the back, Natalie and uh, Ade, those two tables, two. Um, are, you, are you guys okay to go here? There's three, like big yeah. three. And then you guys over there, four. Is That's that okay? Cool. Brilliant, thank you. If you don't feel comfortable cross-pollinating tables, then just work it out in your little groups and we'll maybe tap each group for a bit of feedback. So, all right, because I know with COVID and stuff, we might all feel a bit different. Is that okay? And then, sorry. That's no, good, that's good. Right. Right, so group one, over here, group one. You've got Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Group two, wave your hands, where are you? Right, you've got Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Group three. Yep, you've got James 4, verses 6 to 8. Last but not least, group four, you've got Acts chapter 16, verses 25 to 30. Acts 16, 25 to 30. And you've got five minutes to discuss that and bring the main points out for me. Back on, make sure the time's, yeah. right, time's up. I hope you've all digested God's word now that we've given. And I'm going to look at this feedback. So, first group. What do you think the focus is it's saying on that verse? Who's going to be brave? <laughs> okay, so um, ours is Hebrews 12, um, verses 1 to 2, and it's about uh, the cloud of witnesses of faith. So when I see that, I, I just see a vision of all those who've got before me just standing there cheering me on or cheering us on um, and then this is about um, stripping off every weight that slows us down and um, I think that's a really important um, thing as Christians that we don't hold on to it 
to the, to the weight, to the, mm-hmm. the things that really weigh us down, and the sin, um, it says that hinders us. Um, and then let us run with endurance. Um, well, I think we all need a bit of that, don't we? <laughs> um, and then keep, keep your eyes on Jesus. Um, and I think if we do, if we do that, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, then we can do, um, do that other stuff of stripping the weight off and um, letting go of the sin that hinders us and you're able to run with perseverance. Brilliant. I'm um, not going to do the next one yet. I'm going to explain it on first. That's my sermon done. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> no. So I'll, I'll read the verse out for everyone so everyone knows what it actually was. It's, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. For me, that key verse, uh, key phrase in that verse was looking to Jesus. That's the key for everything else. The laying off, the, the, the endurance, it's looking to Jesus. Life will continuously throw things at us. Things to distract us, Steal our peace, our joy. Maybe it's a, a neighbour who's a bit of a, a pain. Um, maybe they're playing the music late at night, you know, not getting to sleep, not very helpful. Maybe it's health problems. You might be in pain every day. It can be a distraction. Maybe it's money problems. One that um, I, I laughed at when it happened to me um, yesterday when I was preparing this. One of the distractions I had, my computer suddenly started to be very, very noisy. The fans started rattling, it was really getting on my nerves. And uh, I said to myself, oh, this is, this is so ironic, thank you, Lord. Uh, doesn't normally do it, but just decided to do it that one time. So that's just a few of the examples. I mean, there's, there's plenty of others that can be those distractions, things that can pull our focus away from Jesus. But our worship helps us to refocus. It helps us to move away from those problems and concentrate on what's really important. Concentrate on Jesus. There's an old hymn, isn't there? Um, I'm trying to remember it now. About as, as we... Uh, oh, the brain's gone as to what the, the verse is. Face, yeah, it is that one, yeah. It's, 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 just, got me, it's just got me head. Yeah, so it just it's just that way as we as we concentrate on Jesus, the things of earth grow dim, and you know we 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 see Jesus. That's the one. That's the one. Thank you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Thank you. As we worship, as we take a bit, of t- as we take that bit of time. So sometimes, sometimes worship isn't easy. Sometimes it is. Small enough found worship really easy. There are times when the distractions and things are getting on top of that worship can be difficult. And it can take a bit of time. You know, we, we can't sometimes rush worship. We can't just say, oh, I'm going to worship God for five minutes down and then I'm going to be feeling great on top of the world. It doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Take a bit of time. It may be difficult. But as we take the time to come into our Father's presence, it helps us to gain perspective distractions 
fade away a bit. And we can spend time in God's throne room with God, actually just being blessed by him and and praising his name. For me, when I was preparing, and the fan was really, really noisy, in the end I just turned it off. Rather than trying to fight through it, went to spend some time with my family, came back upstairs again, worshipped God for a bit, turned to give it back on again, and the fan was quiet, and I was able to carry on. Now, we, those problems don't always necessarily go away, but we spend the time focusing on Jesus in worship, we have the ability to overcome them. That's the first point. It's, it help changes our focus. Right, it's back to the groups again. Our group two. Group two. Um, I, what did you have? You had Philippians four verses six to seven. So here's some feedback from group two. Um, can I also have a volunteer to read the verse out for me as well, please? Perfect. Okay, so Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, we talked a little bit about the discipline of worship, and you know sometimes we don't always feel like it, like you've said, um, but it's a healthy habit to have... Um, we talked about the importance of um, gratitude, uh, bringing our thanksgiving before God, reminding ourselves of who he is and uh, his great power. And uh, that's a real real gift to be able to do that, because as we do that, then uh, situations become... um, We we see them from a different perspective when we see God for who he is and uh, and, and know him. We talked about that being as kind of a, a gateway. Thanksgiving and prayer in a gateway to then opening the door that God can give us his peace and which will guard our hearts and minds. Excellent, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, for me it was the Thanksgiving part was the bit that, that really stuck out for me when I, was, when I was looking at this. We're thanking him for what, for who he is and for what he's already done. We're looking back and thinking, wow, God's done this for us already in the past. And that should be building our faith that actually... If he'd done it then, why won't he do it in the future? It builds, that builds our faith. As we worship, it builds our faith. Has anyone ever been afraid? If you haven't been afraid, I'm going to come and talk to you later on and find out what your secret is, because I get scared all the time. Um, is, anyone bra- is anyone brave enough to actually say what one of their fears is? Go on, Angels. Heights. Heights. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very rational fear. That's, I understand that one. Anyone else brave and sunny? Fear of being misunderstood. Fear of being misunderstood? Yeah. That's good. Being rejected. Yeah, yeah. You're hitting on all mine so far. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can understand. I mean, it's got a COVID as well. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Well, I'm going to show you one of my fears now. One of my many. One of my biggest fears is standing up the front and preaching. 
Um, why? why? Why am I scared of doing that? Well, I worry about things that aren't in my control sometimes. Um, I have dyslexia, so sometimes I'm worried about reading out words and just getting it completely wrong and looking like a complete idiot. Um, I'm nervous about bringing God's word because I want to bring glory to God, and I'm worried about have I actually heard from God properly? Have I got, have I got the message right? And have I read the, God's word properly? Am I, I mean, I'm bringing it. Is it the right one? Um, I am worried about looking like an idiot. I really do. Um, so, you know, when you have those worries, if we allow them to get on top of us, they can prevent us doing those things that God wants us to do. Yeah? We can be paralysed by them. Um, yeah, I'm scared of heights too. So, you know, stand on the, on the edge of a, a big drop. Oh, I can be quite still. I don't want to move. Oh. Um, I've actually had to crawl up to the edge before and look over often just looking over the edge before. So I, I, I fully understand it. But it's overcoming those fears. So how do I overcome my fear of coming out and preaching? I worship. I worship. So this morning, as I'm coming down, coming here, I walked here this morning, and I spent time praising, praying, worshipping Jesus. I loved it this morning. Some of my favourite um, worship songs we were singing this morning. Worshipping God, and it helps me focus on Him. And then you stand up, and you can actually then do what God's asked you to do. The fear will come back later on, by the way. When I, when I sit down again, they'll let me get the right thing, get it right. So I'll be worshipping again afterwards just to get rid of that. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Our third one. Group three. I've got a spokesman. A spokeslady. Oh, all right. Give it the verse as well, please, yeah? So it should be James 4, verse 6 to 8. James chapter 4, verses 6 to 8, and it says, But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Right, so what did you get from that one, guys? Um, about being humble, obviously. Mm-hmm. And what that means, I think, is to sort of always question yourself and give yourself to God, so not our way, but God's way. And like you said, like our perspective becomes changed when we just humble ourselves and get into God's presence, which I think sometimes takes takes humility in itself to actually come before God and put your own on your side. Mm-hmm. Yep, being humble, absolutely. You're relying on Jesus, not on, our, on ourselves. Part that actually jumped out to me, that was actually a bit, was just Satan flees. Yeah, resist, resist the devil and he will flee from you. The third way we can use worship as a spiritual weapon is actually Satan will flee as we worship Jesus. 
Remember what um, Lucy said to us a couple of weeks ago? As we worship Jesus, we come into God's throne room. We come into God's presence, into his glory. Satan isn't going to hang around there. You know, that's, that's everything that isn't Satan. He he's not going to feel comfortable coming into the throne room with you. So he's going to run away. I'll give you another example that happened to me many years ago. Um, I was a new Christian and uh, we'd gone to bed happily sleeping and then early hours of the morning I suddenly woke up and I could feel an evil presence in the room I could feel a pressure on my chest restricting my breathing and my brain, my mind was very muddled and confused recognised for what it was but couldn't think straight on how to actually get rid of it. Tried to think of Bible verses or all these sort of things about getting... Nothing was coming to mind. And then... I couldn't, I couldn't even pray. And then what came to mind was the Lord's Prayer. And so I started to recite the Lord's Prayer while I was there. Um, as I did, I felt the pressure lift off my chest... I felt my mind then suddenly clear. And I was able then to pray and worship God. And that evil presence went. And after a few minutes, I then rolled over and went back to sleep again. You know, Satan flees as we worship. So it's another powerful weapon we can use. And we actually banish Satan from our presence. And then the fourth one. Fourth group, please. So we have Acts 16, verses 25 to 30. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, when we were talking, we were talking about two things. The first is that worship helps break the chains of fear that we hold that hold that hold against us, and how by worshiping God and worshiping Jesus, we can actually free ourselves from those fears. And the other thing that we were talking about is when we are worshiping Jesus and worshiping God, you never know who's listening. And when you don't know who's listening, you don't know who can actually come to God through your words and your actions and what you're doing, and you don't know what the knock-on effects are going to be then. Excellent, thank you. That passage sort of sums up all the elements we've been talking about, doesn't it? Take the focus off of where they were inside the prison, their circumstances, banish their fears, and so it reaches out. And gets focused on Jesus and reaches out to others. As we worship, we affect 
those around us. We will do. You have one of two reactions as we worship Jesus. People either be filled with the Spirit and enjoy it and join in, or people will be appalled by it and either run away or throw something at you. You have one of those two reactions. As we worship Jesus, we'll actually have an effect on people around us, but also in that circumstance as well, there was a physical effect, wasn't there? God came in power and there was an earthquake. There's a fit. Well, as we worship, we can actually have physical changes as well. It may be in our bodies, it may be in the circumstances around us, but we shouldn't be afraid of actually, you know, maybe the earth trembling a bit as we worship the Jesus. Why not? He did back then. You know, if God comes in power, he can level things. Um, it's not even my notes, but what came to mind when um, we were worshipping earlier was when the Israelites went to Jericho and what they did is, is walking around towards Jericho and what were they doing? Singing, praising, worshipping. That singing, praising and worshipping is what brought down those walls. God came in power and those walls collapsed. So expect big things. As we worship God, expect big things. Expect them to come in power. So in conclusion then, worship changes our focus and our perspective. Worship builds our faith and casts out fear. Worship means Satan runs as his people praise his name. And worship changes the world. Thank you.